was a level headed dancer on the road to alcohol. And I was just a soldier on my way to Montreal. Where she pressed her chest against me about the time the jukebox broke. Yeah. All right, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome to this week's episode, I should say. Um, we got Hunter Davidson on with us again, Tech Hoops guy. Uh, we're going to look at what happened last week against uh, Texas and Baylor, answer some mailbag questions, and then preview this coming week. Um, so, um, Hunter, how's it going? Did you enjoy last week? Yeah. Uh, I guess, yeah, it was a good week, right? I guess. Yeah. I know on last week's split. Last week's podcast, you said you'd take the split, and I wanted to go for it. And I was feeling really good with about four minutes left in the game on Saturday, go wanting the wanted to go for it, and then it all kind of fell apart. Yeah, same here. I think rolling the dice was probably the right call. But like you said, I mean, or I've seen it all over. It's like you had to split, and you split. I mean, anything else was gravy, you know. Um, but if you look at just the Texas game, we talked about it in our group text a little bit, but like I still don't know how we won that game. Like, yeah, they shot unbelievably well. We and we didn't really do anything that well, and yet there we were at the end and just kind of took advantage of the situation. I agree. I, or I just thought uh, the their first half was like a knockout blow, worthy yeah. half. Like to the point, I think if you know, if they played that way against anybody else, they're probably going to win the game. And right. just because of the first half. But some, you know, even though we were down by 10, you know, it was like we did a whole lot to keep it to 10 offensively in the first half. Like, um, you know, I think we scored 38 points, which you now like they have one of they have like top five defense. So at halftime, I remember I was telling some people like we've got it just from the, you know, I'm trying to think of the way to describe it. Like, Tech football, you know, when you do something and it's like this should we should win, you know. I guess from yeah. Texas perspective, it's like the game should have been over. It wasn't, and it was kind of scary just for, based on that. That yeah, that's what I was thinking. Have, it was almost like they should have been up by more than ten based yeah. on the way they played, and that and that should have been a a bigger red flag for them. Or like when I was thinking it was over at halftime, I should have really thought about it and been like, how are we? How are we only down ten? So. Yeah, that, that was a you know one of the best wins that I can recall just because of the way how good they were, how well they played. Uh, you know, we needed it. And then the you know, the dramatics combo. Right. So, yeah, one of the funnest uh games I can to watch I can recall, really. Yeah. You know, one thing that I noticed that turned it around and we talked about it on the last podcast was I loved seeing, and it was mostly McCullough who would do it, is he would even off of like makes, he would just take the ball and go. And there was no yep. hesitation. It was just like, we're going to go down and I'm going to force them to stop me going to the basket. And then that was opening up guys, you know, for open shots or just kind of getting the defense moving because it's, we weren't doing a, we weren't doing a good job at all scoring against their half court set up defense. And so McCullough was doing the best job of anyone of just like, well, I'm not going to let them get set up. Yeah, we kind of talked before when we previewed these games, the Baylor and Texas one. We, what I thought was the things that we were doing well going into those games, getting out and running. What kind of what you're talking about? Where yeah. whoever gets the defensive rebound can just go, and, yeah. and we're we're athletic enough to really make people pay 
because it's just hard to get organized, you know, hard to get organized on defense when the, when the guy who rebounds the ball can dribble it the other way in a couple seconds and then like play make. Um, I thought Texas and Baylor would, would be able to just kind of shut that down. Like, yeah. you know, if, if you have athletes like with, at our caliber, it would almost kind of just equal out. Well, that's it, not really, you know, we really made Texas pay in that in yeah. Baylor too, to some extent, but um, that was what we were doing to Texas. I mean, we were yeah. kind of doing our bread and butter to them, but yeah, they were kind of doing the same thing to us on the, on the other end, you know, what they wanted to do worked just about as well as what we wanted to do worked. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Kevin McCullough was a big part of that. Yeah. Sure. And, you know, just thinking about, you know, the Texas throwing the ball to Kyler there at the end, you know, and it's just like stuff like that, where you think, you think back, like, I feel like that's something that tech has done late in games, you know, like where we just like, not necessarily that exact thing where we throw the ball to the other team, but it's like, we, we have every opportunity to win. And maybe this goes back to your football point. It's like, there's no reason a tech football game or a tech football should be losing this game. And yet we're going to do exactly what we have to do to lose it. It was almost like Texas did that same thing. They threw the ball away at the, when we decided to press them, they missed free throws when they had to make them. And it was just, and then Mac made a play and that it was just, it was nice to be on that end of it rather than the other side. Yeah. And you know, maybe a narrative would be if you have like experienced players, that kind of stuff doesn't happen. You know, right. like you don't do everything possible to lose. But you yeah. 70% of uh, UT's minutes were from guys in their third, fourth or fifth year in the, in their program. And they're, wow. you know, they're all like four and five star guys. Yeah. It's not like, it's not like a bunch of, uh, you know, Matt Temples. Or, right. or, and, you know, we, we had 30% of ours. It was Kyler and McCuller. And, right. like, McCuller, third year being that half semester, his right. senior year of high school. Yeah. yeah. So it's really kind of just you know, that 30% is almost inflated for us. But, yeah, that that's what makes Texas so good. And it also, you know, it makes that win so impressive. Yeah. Because it's like they have a, a stack. This is just kind of like their 2008 football season for us like yeah this is a year they're they just have everything kind of clicking yeah you know i just pulled the stats up you know we ended up shooting they ended up shooting 42 percent from the field and we ended up shooting 41 which i didn't think it was that close but the thing that's crazy is they shot 52 percent on three-pointers they made 13 and they lost yeah that's i mean but then they shot 58 from the free throw line so i guess that's you know, and they had 15 turnovers, but it's just, yeah, we're, <laughs> we're catching some weird, some bad juju at the three point line. Like, yes. I went, I looked, so our opponents are shooting in big, this is big 12 games only. I think they're shooting like right at 40, 40% against us, which is the worst in the conference. It would be the worst for like if it held out, which it's not, but if it held out for the rest of the conference season, it would be the second worst for us since at least the last 20 years. Um, so for whatever reason, teams are making threes at a crazy rate against us in conference yeah. and on the season as a whole to some extent, but mainly just in these conference games. And, you know, we're on the other side of it. We're making the lowest, if this held up, conference games only. Yeah, It would be the lowest, second lowest in the last 20 years. So it's we have the worst differential, you know, like three point percentage versus opponents, three point percentage in the conference. And I mean, a lot of smart people 
like Kim Palm, right? The yeah. guy, he's like a meteorologist. He like quit his job to be a Excel basketball guy where he just like, you know, uses an Excel sheet to grade out these teams. And it's, I'm sure it's a lot more sophisticated now, but everybody looks at it, you know, like Mark Adams references it, uh, the Butler coach like claims that he used Kim Palm's numbers to go to the final four. Yeah. Now he's, I can't even think of his name for the Celtics. So he has a clue. I, I would say Kim Palm, you know, and he's <laughs> Brad Stevens strongly believes, strongly believes like this three point percentage is what your opponents shoot is. You can't really do much to, to stop them, to, to help them or hurt them, you know? Yeah. So there's a, some would say there's a lot of luck to what we're experiencing, like bad luck, obviously. Right. Yeah. Yeah, but it's like we talked about on the last podcast, like it will get better, but it's like how much better? Because I don't think I don't think we're a team of good shooters. I don't I don't think we have one plus shooter on the team with Kyler playing the way he's playing. And so, you know, it's just how much better can it get? And that that's I guess that's gonna determine kind of a lot. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. What which ones? What goes in is going to determine a lot. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> how many shots we make versus how many they make, for sure. You could say but that. I, and I'm not. Mind. I'm not saying that like to be. Yeah, I'm not trying not to be sarcastic about it. Yeah. Is that because like the teams are in this that we're going to be playing in the conference, and if we make the tournament there, you know, they're all so good, and that it it comes down to making shots when you have yeah. these. When we play Texas and Baylor. Yeah, it's going to come down to that because yeah. that's and maybe yeah, positive takeaways from this past week is just maybe some confirmation that nobody is going to be able to have better athletes than us. Yeah, I mean, and and nobody's going to be able to like just dictate the way the game's going to be played. Yeah, because even like Scott Drew after the game, he said. Yeah, they're they're bigs. They played like twenty five minutes. Baylor's bigs. Yeah, they couldn't get them on. Like Scott couldn't keep them on the floor. And, and he was saying, you know, once they went small because we were so small and so athletic, you know, it helped them. You know, they could switch everything, and they were like matching up better in transition. Those are his yeah. words. And so, if Baylor can't, if Texas, if these teams can't uh, make us not be like this positionless, you know, uh, dream that. Chris Beard has come like put out there now. He's kind of got like the guys he wants to play that way. Yeah. Um, I don't think, I mean, maybe Gonzaga is like the only team that could make us get out of what we're doing. But yeah, that's a, that's positive for sure. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I think that's, that hasn't always been the case. You know, I I think we've been athletic, but it's like you said, I don't know if we've been this athletic from, you know, all five guys on the court. Um, Before we move on from Texas, what'd you think of, uh, I mean, I loved it. I loved that Beard did not call a timeout on my, that last possession and just let McClung go. Um, I still don't know how it was a two and not a three, but that's beside the point. But what do you think about that final possession? Yeah. yeah, same here. I think what we've talked about some here is like calling a timeout and they're doing something on out of the from out of bounds. It's not like necessarily the, the best way to do it. You know, like yeah. the numbers would show you you're much better off just like letting the letting it run out. And I think Beard, that's been his – what he's wanted to do multiple times this season. You know, we've called timeout and had to drop a play from inbounds. Yeah. So, I've, yeah, glad to see the shot go in. Obviously, it was a tough <laughs> shot. I'm not. I'm still not sure if, like, we did exactly what – you know, if we could have drawn that up perfectly, 
what we wanted to do. Just well, in did like, you, taking did a you notice, I can't, I can't remember who it was, but whoever, um, oh, crap. PV. This PV. PV coming up. He was, he was going to set a screen, but yeah. what's Texas big man's name? Uh, blank. Sims. Sims. Brown. Yeah. Yeah. Jericho Sims. Uh, McClung hadn't been able to score on him all night. And so I think PV went up there to kind of set the screen to get the switch. And I don't, I mean, I mean, McClung wanted no part of that switch. It was just like, all right. No, he was, he, he was throwing, he was waving him off yeah. before, before that. He Dude, wanted McClung no part was of like, no, get out of here. Get out of here. I don't want to scream. I don't blame yeah. him. No, I mean, it was awesome. And it was especially awesome because it ended up on like every basketball Twitter known to man because McClung was the one who hit it. You know, if Kyler yeah. hits that shot, it's not, but because it's McClung, you know, that it's just great. Well, you know. you, that sequence though, you talking about PB and Sims reminded me yeah. during that game, you know, Sim, they were like very effectively getting the ball to Sims yeah. in, the, in that game. And we, we were just hack up, just fouling him. Yeah. And I, and I think, uh, they were playing so great offensively that it was almost a blessing that they were throwing it into him and letting us foul him because <laughs> instead of shooting threes, <laughs> yeah, you know he shoots six out of fourteen yeah. from the free throw line. Like this, you know, those seven possessions will probably that's lower than they were scoring. You know, yeah. one point per possession. But but what what we started doing when we came back in the game is we were putting PV on Sims. So our six six, two hundred ten, fifteen, twenty pound freshman is guarding this, you know, fifth year, five-star center from Texas. who's a force, you know, he he looks like a creative player. Yeah. Like PD's down there battling with him. And that's obviously because that's who Chris Beard and Mark Adams were putting out there to defend him that he was giving us our best chance. I mean, it's pretty impressive that PV was filling that role on this team. PV makes up for a lot of his size with just sheer energy. Like, it's just like, it's annoying. I bet it's annoying to, to like, for him to be your man, for to have to box him out, to have to for go. Sure. Like, I mean, he just makes it, it, I mean, it doesn't matter how big you are. I mean, it's just, it's just going to be annoying because of the, the energy that he does everything. Um, but, you know, if we move on to Baylor, it, that was another one that was just frustrating, you know, because you basically had no shows from two guys that have to show up. And yet you still almost won, you know, like Kyler and uh, Shannon to me didn't give you very much at all, especially Shannon. And you still had a chance to win, you know, at the end of the game, the only difference is their guy showed up and your guys didn't Butler hit two big shots. Your guys couldn't. And that seemed to be the biggest difference. Yeah. I think what kept us, you know, what kept us in the game, we just, we bailered them in a lot of ways. Yeah. Like the, the old school, we, we rebounded 40% of our misses, which is just incredible. Yeah. Against Baylor. And, and, uh, yeah, Marcus, he had seven offensive rebounds yeah. in, in like 25 minutes. He, he was dominating their bigs. And, and it was so strange, like watching the game because it wasn't that long ago, like Baylor had such like an inside presence and like, just like scoring, from inside guys and we were the, we did not. And then that game was just kind of a reversal of that. They had no inside scoring and we were like trying to score through Marcus through a lot of the game. Yeah, It was just in, and you know, the way we were dominating the offensive glass, it was just kind of like, it's like watching Chris Beard team from a couple of years ago, beat Baylor 
yeah. reversed. Right. You know, I felt like watching the game. Yeah. Yeah, no, that is true. And, and I think the biggest problem in that game, I mean, we had 20 turnovers. Um, I mean, luckily Baylor had uh, 16, so it wasn't, you know, that's, it was a huge difference maker, but there were so many times, especially in the first half where we were passing up good shots, looking for great shots and then not even getting a shot. And it was driving me absolutely insane. I don't know if that was worse or the, I've got an open corner three, let me take two dribbles to a contested two, but it was just so many times it was just like, just shoot the ball. Like, especially like you said, we were, we were doing such a good job on the offensive glass. Like just throw it up there. If you've got an open shot, like it's better than getting no shot, but yeah. that was something it, it, it seemed like as we excelled in the game, it was when we were, you know, getting into that early offense and putting shots up. Yeah, they're good. I thought I think they, they run our defense like yeah. Mark Adams before the game said they run our defense and they probably do it a little bit better than us now. Yeah. And, you know, we've been doing this. It's almost people used to kind of joke about it. Like every team we play during the like 2018, 19, those couple seasons, you know, everyone's like, we just had our worst game ever you know, like against tech. Yeah. Like everybody had their worst shooting game or worst game. It was just their off night was when they played us. Yeah. And you know, in reality, we were just that good, and our yeah. defense and that defense is really good. And the the scheme and the the, the athletes, it's kind of it's frustrating to play against. I can see, I can feel their pain because they did it to us. And you know, we had the, it, but like you're saying, the turnovers, we we shot well enough to win. Yeah. And if we if you don't have twenty, if you have ten more possessions instead of 20 turnovers so you yeah. just shave them to take 10 off which is how we normally play yeah and you get 10 more shots and then when like half the time you miss we rebound it you know yeah. you can see like those 10 possessions could easily have been like worth 12 13 14 more field goal attempts yeah. right. and we win the game yeah. so yeah. and it's just kind of like it's not like anyone it, it messed with everybody you know five yeah. we've, we've got three guys with four or five you know a handful more guys with at least two. Yeah. Um, everybody I mean, had, turned, turned it over. We had nine blocks, eight steals. I mean, like, that, right. that was impressive to watch. Exactly. Uh, out-rebounded yeah. them, like you said. Um, they shot more free throws, though, which. That was one thing, yeah, against them. that uh, The one thing against Baylor, for the first time, I thought they had a, uh, a handle on us, like, just off the dribble. Like yeah. isolation, like not even Texas and um, uh, you know, U of H in the second half of that game and Kansas have never have not, have not been able to really contain like McClung and Shannon off yeah. the dribble, and Baylor did for sure at least in the first half, for yeah. sure. And that could that could go to why Shannon played so poorly is you know usually he's just like I'm more athletic than you I'm going to go by you. And he couldn't, you know, against those guards um, consistently, at least. And then he wasn't getting foul calls. He, you know, shots weren't going down. And it just seemed to kind of snowball from there. But, I mean, you know, I kept waiting for a big – for Butler to kind of, you know, take off. You know, in the first half, I think he was scoreless. And I think, yeah. you know, somebody said in our group text, like, you know, this is kind of – this is not good. Like, we're down and he's scoreless. But you, you hold him to seven – you know, ultimately, but he hits the two biggest shots of the game <laughs> or yeah. the, he had two threes, right. At the end. 
Yeah, you know, yeah, we have, um, I think, like seven seven minutes left. We're winning, and you know, we're favored to win. Like, if you're looking at like live betting markets, like yeah. if you look at the box score, like Kim Palm would have us with like a higher percentage chance of winning. So this is like through 33 minutes and like 80 percent of the possessions, and then in the, within about a five or six possessions span, they hit four threes, and two of them were Butler, and both of them were. You know, and it's um, the switch everything defense that you take with it. There's good and there's bad. And uh, late in the game, you can just watch, like, they kind of run the clock down and whoever they want to have Butler take off the dribble, all you do is just bring that guy up and set a screen, right, and we switch. So, yeah, if you want Jared Butler to be doing, like, a one-on-one off Marcus at the top, then they just – you know, set a screen, we switch, and then you get the matchup you want. And then Butler hits the pull-up shot. Yeah, he just makes them. Those are tough. It's not like Marcus. Marcus is really, really good as a perimeter defender. For a yeah, I didn't think they were, like, good. He is. He's as good. I mean, Tariq was great, obviously. Yeah. Norris became really, really good. Holyfield was actually pretty good last year, too. But um, Marcus is athletic. He can do it. And – but again, you know, Jared Butler is one of the best in the country and yeah. they got those matchups and made four, three, no, they weren't all like that. But I think the two Butler ones you're talking about were him just kind of at the end of the clock, stepping into a kind of a pull up three with yeah. Marcus guarding. Yeah. Yeah. And I, part of that's my fault. I got the Mavs against the Bucks game confused because <laughs> Chris Middleton hit two dagger threes to end that game. So I kind of, I got my timelines a little off, but I do remember Butler you know, he, he'd been quiet all game and then comes alive when it matters the most. Yeah, and, for sure. But it's just, you know, it's just kind of frustrating when you see, and I, and I don't know what, and, and maybe you have some, some statistical insight to kind of, you know, balance out my feelings, but it just seems like, like what, what's Kyler's issue right now? You know, like he, he, is he, are we asking him to do too much? is he just not shooting well? And so it's just, everything falls apart when you can't score. Like, I don't, what do you, what do you think about him right now? And I think, wasn't that a question? Um, yeah, yeah, there was one. There was or, one about Kyler. Yes. Why do you think he's so um, inconsistent on the offensive end? Yeah. And do you think he is the key to a late run in March? Yeah. So I don't know. I, Kyler, yeah, we, I, we talked before he plays a lot of minutes and, um, you know, I think Chris Beard plays guys the most minutes. If he doesn't think they're good, yeah. if he doesn't yeah. think they're the best option, right? Right. Um, and but I, it's uncanny that in some of these games, um, it's probably like our last ten Big Twelve games going back to last year, um, or and then like throw in the U of H game. Um, he has not played shot particularly well. He may have played well in the game, yeah, for sure, but he has not shot very well, and. Some of these most recent ones have been like kind of bad misses, yeah. <laughs> missing the goal at a time, yes. or yeah. you know, clanking it really awkwardly off like the bottom of the backboard. Um, so I have no idea what, what is going on. I think he is a better shooter than he's shot. Yeah. It's hard to not like just think that there's not something mental there. Yeah. It too. does seem like a confidence issue almost. I think it would be, you know, it's like human it'd be pretty consistent with human beings to press the more you miss and, yeah. and, and like question maybe a shot, whether you should or shouldn't take it. And like you're saying, like a confidence thing. Yeah. 
I don't know. Um, I do think in a lot of ways, just because he plays so much and does so much else for us to where he's going to be on the floor. Yeah. That um, if we're going to, you know, obviously the, the peak potential for this team includes Kyler shooting the ball efficiently. Yeah. So I would agree. I, I do think he is like kind of, if you have to pick one thing, that's the key to us. I would just, I'll go with Kyler because yeah, I think Mac is, is what he is. He's pretty good. He's going to be the focal point of whatever team we're playing. And most of the teams that are really, really good can stop one person. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's what it makes the, your most important guy. Oftentimes, you know, like your second and third scorers, your second and third options. And uh, Kyler's probably that for us. Yeah. And Part of it, too, is I think it's hard to reconcile like what we saw when he was a freshman where he was just like a flamethrower off the bench. And it was just like this dude's got, you know, huge, huge onions and just comes in and nails tough shots. And and then, you know, last year there was a little regression. And then it seems like this year it's like he can't shoot. And it's just like what happened, you know, and and a lot of that because we're asking him to do a lot more. You know, it's just a totally different role, but it's it's just kind of weird to, to see where he was as a freshman to where he is now. And, and like, and I, for sure, the one, the stark different, his freshman year, it was crazy to me because to see a freshman, like have that quick of a trigger whenever he was playing on that, uh, the final four team. Yeah. He, I mean, uh, it was like, it didn't matter where he was. He just caught the ball, the ball faced the basket and shot. I mean, yeah. it didn't matter if people were in front of him or not. Yeah. They yeah. went in a lot. Yes. Um, and since then, from, you know, last year and this year, he has taken on, like, I don't know what you want, the best way to call it, like, the heavy lifting. It's the the shots with five or less seconds on the shot clock. You know, the, yeah. whenever the possession doesn't go well for us and someone yeah. has to take the shot, you know, for whatever reason, he takes the highest percentage of those. Like, he's yeah. the one that's doing that for us. Yeah. And, Last year and this year, I think 20% of his shots this year are with less than five seconds on the clock. And so his numbers are just, are going to suffer from that. Cause like yeah. if you just look, if you just categorize those shots historically, they're so much worse than a three pointer taken with 23 seconds on the clock, which yeah. you might've represented a lot of his shots his freshman year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that, that is probably something to his numbers. Like if you were just look at them as a whole and like, like I've done in these big 12 games yeah. where we're playing really good defense that forces us into spoiled possessions where Kyler's having to do something that's difficult and he's the one that does it, you know, and, and doesn't take a lot of the easier shots because um, he's often passing like to the ball and transition to someone for the easy bucket that we yeah. get. Um, but still he, you know, he's got to play better. Yeah. He, I mean, I don't know. There's a concept. It's like offensive rating. It's yeah. a, pretty solid formula you know it's like field goals assists turnovers mm-hmm. and uh, yeah he's just not it's 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 been like game it's been a lot of games from him where he's an outlier in in that yeah it's and it's and it's only measuring offensive efficiency you know it's yeah. not taking into account his defense or rebounding which he does i'm sure stellar you know? yeah i mean he's one of the best like defensive rebounding guards in the conference yeah um but we've got to have we're going to win against some of the best teams in the country playing the best games on the season, unfortunately, which has been, ha- which happens. Yeah. Texas. 
um, Oklahoma State. You know, when these teams happen to be really good and then they play this game against us, that's almost like freakishly um, on the top end of their spectrum. We've got to have something from Kyler. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that's what it comes down to. And the offensive rating stuff, I mean, that shows what you see when you watch it, you know, um, so it, you know, just backs it up. But all right, let's go. We started with that question, kind of got to it organically. So let's let's move on to the other questions. Because the mail never stops. It just keeps coming and coming and coming. There's never a let up. It's relentless. Every day it piles up more and more and more. And you've got to get it up. And the more you get out, the more it keeps coming in. And then the barcode reader breaks. And it's published. It's clearing out. S.A. Matador asked, and these are from RedRaiderSports.com. S.A. Matador asked, when was the last time we gave up 48 points or more and a half? Because that's what Texas got. Halftime of that game. Did you have a chance to look that one up? Uh, yeah, Seton Hall scored 50 in the second half of a game against us, which is kind of, I think we've extended a game late and fouled him a lot, Yeah, uh, but they scored 50 in a loss. Creighton had 46 yeah. and a half in that the was, first half of last year. That was going to be my guess, actually, them or Iowa. Yeah. Oklahoma year. State scored 46 in the first half in 2017, hmm. and we lost. So those are some of the most recent ones. I mean, but we lost all those games. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. We, yeah. Texas gave us, I mean, I can't recall a defense that, you know, like a Mark Adams defense getting shredded like that. Yeah. The first half of that game. Yeah. I mean, it looked like, it looked like we were playing an NBA team. Yeah. I mean, that's what happens when you, you make, Every three, <laughs> pretty <Yeah>. much. <laughs> that goes a long way. I mean, that, that we got everything, everything they wanted to do, they did. Yes. And with uncanny ability to hit shots. Yeah. And just break us down every which way. And we won. You know, and we won. Yeah. And it's kind of it's like, it's like what I said. It's like, I don't know how we won, but whatever. I'll take it. Uh, B well, we, well, we, we had seven turnovers. We had seven okay. turnovers. There you go. Yeah, and they missed free throws. So yeah, we, we got to the line. They couldn't guard us off the dribble. Yeah, they. I mean, that, that's like shock. They have Kai Jones. He's one of the best players, best centers in in the country. Young guy, and I think he barely played against us. And he, yeah. I know in one sequence he went one of his the times he got in, we scored eleven points on consecutive possessions with him. <laughs> and he's like, if you can't guard us, yeah, I mean, you you're not gonna get on the floor. Yeah, and it's just unfortunate that there's like a handful of teams that can like, okay, that's fine. You know, we can put five guys that can guard yeah. Shannon on the floor and like three or four or five of them are in the conference. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's true. Uh, B Bardwell asked who is going to step up and help McClung and McCuller who right now seems to be the most reliable. And then uh, he also asked what lessons will we take from that in uh, from Baylor into the next matchup? Uh, I would, I, to me, the, in talking about stepping up next to McClung, right? I can't remember the exact wording of the question, but, um, my answer is more of like, who does, who could it, who should it be in order for us to be like our peak potential? Yeah. Because if it's like, maybe it could be someone else besides Kyler, maybe it's Terrence Shannon. That's but, well, that was going to be mine. But if it's Kyler, to me, we're going to be a better team than if it would be Terrence Shannon. Yeah. If that makes sense. Like yeah. if, if Kyler and Mac are one, a one B half court 
initiators yeah. and they're, and they're really good at it. We're going to be much better off than we would be if it was Mac and then some Shannon. Yeah. So well, backcourt is the backcourt like that is what would take us on a run in the tournament too. Right. Because that's what this game is. Like we've talked, Baylor just pulled all their bigs off the floor and it became a guard game. Yeah. And, and you know, we tried to kind of impose our will with Silva in the game, but um, you know, it's hard to guard Baylor too. Like, like I said, they're doing the same thing we're doing, you know, <laughs> to us where you got to put five guys that can guard Flagler and Butler and Teague and, you know, those guys off the dribble. Um, but it's going to come down to our guards winning and it can't, you know, Matt can't be big 12 teams by himself. And not to say that he has been trying to do that, or that's what we've been doing to win. Uh, Cause it's, that's not the case. We had a lot of guys play well against Texas, Yeah, but you know, for us to, you know, Kyler needs to be the guy. Yeah. He needs to start playing well. Yeah. And then his second question was, were what lessons will we take from Baylor? I mean, to me, that just comes down to back to the early offense thing. You know, if you haven't, if you have a good open shot, take it no matter when it happens, you know, you know, there are obviously situations where you may want to use clock some, but 90% of the time to me, if, if you have an open shot, take it. I don't know that that seems to be the thing that sticks out. Yeah, I think, well, I, for me, from my standpoint, what I would learn or what my takeaway is, I kind of mentioned it, it's that we can do what we uh, would do to beat a Southland team, to beat anyone in the country, yeah. you know, which, which is like just be – you play defense, try to create offense and clash the, crash the glass and take defensive rebounds and sprint, try to create – you know, um, do those things because it worked. Against Baylor, we – you know, through parts of the Baylor and Texas game – we were winning the game because of either our offensive rebounding or transition offense or taking care of the basketball. Uh, and so those things I think are good enough to beat, to win. Maybe yeah. that's one thing. Beard said something after the Baylor game. Uh, Cause they, they got, they got a lot of threes. They got a lot of shots. I don't think we wanted to allow them to shoot that many. And he said, we couldn't turn them into drivers. And um, so whatever he meant by that, I think, you know, the next time we played them, we may not like our defensive game plan may not be centered around. Let's turn them into drivers. Yeah. You know, we might just be like, we can't do that. Yeah. You know, Baylor yeah. can run offense against whatever we were trying to do and create threes. So maybe we be, we'll be doing something differently next time we play them. Right. You know, it might be like, let's just contest the hell out of threes or not allow threes yeah. instead of. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh, T Stockton said, what is your take on running some zone defense, something you expect us to employ situationally the rest of the season, or is it something that Beard or Adams will install more often in the future? Did it, was it just during the Texas game, would Frischilla, was he making like, or who was it? Did Fran do the Texas game? Yeah. 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 I feel like I, I remember him saying like, oh, look, Tex playing zone now in the mm-hmm. second half. And he he kept making comments about it. Yeah. But we, we've done this with Adams like the final four team did this the whole game against Michigan. Yeah. Like we, we are like matchup zone on it. We're showing a zone, but like the, yeah. the first pass they make, we play man. Right. Yeah. So, so it's like, that's what I saw us doing. I never saw us play any zone. I mean, yeah. we were in a zone and then we like matched up to play our normal defense. No, I agree. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. But I, I think that we're, I think it confused Texas a little bit 
Yeah, for sure. They got some but turnovers I, off of it, and they they threw up some bad shots too. Yeah, so I, I could see if that is what if that is a zone defense, I could see us doing that. I don't yeah. really consider that a zone defense, but I, and I don't think we'll run like a traditional one. No, I don't either. It's just. Yeah, I think we're a pretty good man defense team. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, then he said, uh, based on what we've seen so far, what are the reasonable expectations out of Burton, um, you know, both the rest of this season and moving forward? The thing that I – sorry, don't mean to interrupt, but, like, Burton gets a lot of – I mean, people complain about Burton a lot on the site, but I don't necessarily think it's warranted. I mean, there are a few – like, he is pretty bad situationally, and I probably sent a text in his last two possessions of the Baylor game. Like, what are we doing? Like, but, like, what did you expect? It would be my question. You know, he has, he has played a lot of, like, really high-level basketball. Yeah. You know, bef- and at, while he's at Tech, but before that, too. Yeah. Um, I And I think – it's like what we've been talking about where this game, where these games turn into, it's such a guard perimeter, like oriented affair to where um, Burton, even though he might be, however you say it, like our seventh best player or our eighth best player. Um, where if, because he's like our third or fourth, you know, he's like one of our first guards, you know, yeah. we really kind of have the, the traditional guards. It's like McClung, Kyler, and then Burton. Yeah. Uh, because he's that third guy and because the third guy in a big 12 game is such a important part of the game. He's pretty critical. You know, he plays a lot of minutes and, and like oftentimes has the ball creating like in the half court uh, in, in critical moments of the game. Um, yeah. And I'm kind of just express, I'm maybe surprised before the season, I wouldn't have thought necessarily that he would be such a, um, such a big part of like, our team and, you know, our chances of winning yeah. come down, to, come down to him yeah. in, in, in such a big way. Maybe yeah. that it's, it surprises me um, somewhat, um, but it's not like we have just a scrub for that spot. Like he has played a lot of competitive basketball really well as division one basketball. This is his third year. He's like, he's big. I mean, he's a, he can get to the paint. I mean, better than a lot, a lot of guys on our team. Now, whether he finishes or whether the end result is something we want is another thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, but he's, you know, I like that about him for sure. Um, and I can see why we want to use him the way we are because he can, he can get into the, to the paint and like make plays for people. And he had a couple big drives late in that Texas game. Yeah. Like where he scored and a couple of times where he's making passes, we maybe didn't hit the shot. So yeah. it doesn't count as an assist, even though he did something, you know, really yeah. good for us. Um, I don't know. I'd like, I'm curious about that too. Like, what is he, what could he be for us going forward? Um, yeah, it's, um, he, he could, and we've talked about Kyler. It doesn't, maybe he's the one person other than Kyler that, to, that if he was the guy, like as the one B option, uh, we could still like reach our max potential. Yeah. Um, yeah. I would, you know, peg Kyler over him Yeah. as being the person most likely to do it. I don't know. Those are good questions. I, I'm interested to see, you know, how good he can, he can get. I think he's kind of in a Kyler similar situation of not shooting as well yeah. as he can. And his shot, his shot doesn't look good to me. It's either. a, it's an interesting looking shot. Yeah. It's like a catapult. Mm-hmm. That's what I was going to say. If he could just shoot 
it would probably it would he, he gets to the paint so easily now if he could just shoot it'd be even easier um then t stockson's last question was have we been surprised by the statistical improvement from marcus santos silva you know both free throw wise but just his overall improvement in conference play and i mean i have the free throw thing is awesome yeah, no, I'm I'm not that surprised. Yeah, because I mean, I thought he was good. You know, I, to, like if you just look at uh, players who have worn like a Tech jersey and the amount of two point baskets they've made in a college basketball game, like by the time his career is done, you know, Santos Silva is going to be maybe the most. Like you're going to have to go back to like Andre Emmett. Yeah. I mean, there just hasn't been this many people that have made as many baskets as he has in a college game. And so from, from that point, just coming into the season, that, that kind of stuck out to me. Like this guy's probably pretty good. Uh, he's not Anthony Livings. Like, you know, you put his, his accomplishments before coming to tech versus even like a Tariq or a Anthony Livingston or a, um, oh man, uh, Tommy Hamilton. I mean, he's just just blows their out, blows those out of the water. Um, I'm not surprised. I'm, um, he's, he's kind of everything I, I thought he would be. And and Baylor yeah. in the post game, their players were really like mentioning him as because yeah. they're getting asked. Some of their they're they're kind of shocked. No one's really like rebounded that like that way against them and, and yeah. had, had their way against Baylor in the last couple of years, the way Silva did in the paint. Yeah. Um they were asking him and Baylor guys were like, No, I mean he's just a force down there. Yeah. That's what they said. He's just he's just a force. Yeah. Yeah. And just to clarify, I wasn't surprised that he was this good, you know, just watching his VCU stuff and he's incredible. Like you could tell then he was just so active. Like he never stopped moving and he's the same here. I was just surprised. You just don't typically see the free throw improvement like we've seen from him. And it's just, it's a credit to him and his, his work. Um, yeah. Razor, it looks good. The stroke. I mean, yeah. it's really soft on the rim. Yeah. He's had a, yeah. I mean, That's what good. makes me, I was surprised it was ever that bad when you look at it now. Uh, but anyway, Ray Durs asked, um, he says the offense has changed so much. And I don't know if I necessarily agree with that, but he says our screening is poor movement is even less lots of one-on-one. What is the goal? (laughs) So he's upset with the offense, um, which, which is fair. I think a lot of people are, and I, I am a lot of the time, but I don't, I mean, you could tell me if I'm wrong, but I don't think it's changed. I just think it looks so different whether you're hitting shots or not. Agreed. I don't know. But I, yeah, some of that's beyond me. Maybe on these minute levels, it has it has changed. I don't think it's changed that much. Yeah. Um, I think we're kind of doing what we've always done. And but yeah, each team is a little different. Like kind of different uh, things you have to do to highlight. Uh, yeah, your best players' capabilities. You know, like we didn't do. Th- we did things differently from Keenan to Culver as right. like the guy because um, they were different players but um we're not you know the thing about our offense is if you look at it from the standpoint of uh, of us being very productive relative to our shooting like if, if you think of it that in that way yeah um it's like we've shot so poorly you'd have to expect it to do better but also it's, it, it raises questions about why we have been able to score the ball at the rate we have with the worst three-point shooting team in the conference right. to, this, to this point. Yeah. Um, and so one of the, some of the answers to those questions 
it just have, has to have something to do with our scheme. Yeah. Because if you, if you're not shooting well, sure, you can be just freak athletes and offensive rebound and do all these other things to manufacture points. But um, when you're playing great defenses on some level, it's gotta be the scheme too. The scheme yeah. has gotta be doing something right to produce points yeah. at a pretty competitive rate, like third, fourth, fifth in the conference, but yet we're shooting the worst. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know just from my standpoint, if I was just looking at tech as if they were any other team, uh, I would think, um, you know, that they, we have a good offense that's not produced at the rate it might going forward right? because we haven't shot well, but we still yeah. produced, yeah. if that makes sense. No, it does. And like I said, you, you just have some guys who shoot how you expected them to, and it changes to me. This, this offense reminds me of the elite eight offense with Mac playing the Keenan role where it was, He's kind of the one guy who I who, who I trust to get a shot. You know, when if it was a one-on-one situation, we need a basket. I trust him to get a shot, and it's similar to that that team where I didn't really trust anybody but Keenan to get a good shot in that. I, I like that comparison. Yeah. I, I also think first we like right now Ken, Ken Palm has te- this offense is thirty fifth in yeah. the country, and it's. If that were to end today, it would be one of the best offenses that we fielded. Yeah. Ever. <laughs> it's kind of, you know, the, the 2018 was the 50th best. Wow. Offense. And that one, that one couldn't shoot either. <laughs> yeah. And so we were 32% on threes from the year, uh, on the year, which is 212th best in Kimpom. Our two points, not that much better either. For, it's yeah. like 193rd. And our effective field goal percentage, which combines twos and threes in a way that makes sense, yeah. is 206. So 35th best offense from a pure points per possession standpoint. Right. And the shoot. 206th best field goal percentage. Now, if you look at it with that shot quality, you know, that website, this yeah. guy, he's a, he's a former coach because I've talked to him a little bit like on direct message. He was like, he direct, as soon as he created it, I think he like direct messaged me and was like, just sending me information on it. Um, and he's a coach at maybe Colgate or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's got this formula. It seems pretty interesting where they just are giving a, assigning a point value to a shot, depending on how good the shot is, quote unquote, which is based on the shooter, where, what kind of shot it is, how close the defender is to him. And, um, you know, we're the, we have the third best in the conference. So we're producing, you know, we're producing good shots, not shooting very well right. based on that guy's numbers. Cause we're, um, even though, you know, we still, we do have the third best points per possession differential in the conference, right. you know, right. we, which just makes sense to me. You know, yeah. I, I would have Texas Baylor and us as yeah. third. I, I would even better than Kansas, better than West Virginia. Yeah. No, that, that all makes sense. It's like, we've said so many times, just make, shots and everything looks a lot different uh teaser two asked who will be more key for this team in march burton or smith burton yeah and we talked about it and to me that has nothing to do with tyreek no because you look at the game you look at the way that the game played against baylor where they start a center and he plays 12 minutes he's a complete non-factor he has he's 0 for 1 he has one offensive rebound just three fouls uh, that's Flo Thamba. And then they put their other guy in who's better and plays more anyways. And he plays 17 minutes. Yeah. And yeah, you know, he 
impacted the game, but not, he was not a huge factor. And that is with us playing our center 26 minutes of the game. Like we yeah. are trying to feature our guy and they're only playing, you know, they're sparingly playing their two big guys. There's just no reason for us to put in our backup center because yeah. we played our guy, the max amount capable, yeah. in, you know, Silva, and, and we didn't need any more minutes from us from a post player after Silva kind of expired, like, you know, shot his wad, I guess, as an example. And so that's just, a, it's one game, but it doesn't matter how good Tyreek is. If the, that is the game that's going to play out, he's got to be our number one post option to factor into that game. Yeah. Yeah. And then that makes sense. And it's like we talked about too. I mean, like you said, the game dictates it, dictates it with the, I mean, guards are just more important right now. Um, and then I just think it's a, just a sheer amount of minutes each guy is going to get, like you said. Um, it says, assuming you agree with my player rankings and he put them below, I'll read them in a second. How must this order be changed in order to extend our March into April? And so he has his player ranking McCuller, McClung, Santos Silva, PV, Edwards, Shannon. So do you agree with that? And then how would you change it in order to get the most out of the team? I don't know if I agree with it, but I don't know how that is such a, a loose term. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I, you know, know. I, have tr- I have trouble, you know, doing things like that. Like, yes. Uh, ranking guys. Cause I don't know exactly, you know, Right. What the parameters are. Yeah. No, I knew. Uh, I, I, as soon as I started reading it, I knew <laughs> that you would not be able to do that. <laughs> uh, but I think we've said it a couple of times. I heard Edward's name really low to that list. Yes, he plays the most minutes on it. He plays, he played 36 minutes against yeah. Baylor. He led the team, not yeah. by much, but led the team. Yeah. Uh, just like he leads the team in minutes in all other games. Yeah. So I think the easy answer is probably Kyler. Yeah. To have him towards the top of, of that list. But yeah, I think that's the answer. I think you put Edwards above Santos Silva until your top three players are McClung or McCuller, McClung and Edwards. Yeah. Like, but I it, would have McClung over McCuller probably, but whatever. <laughs> and I'd probably be, I'd probably love to do the ranking thing. If this wasn't this team, you know, if this was like some of these other teams we have where it's so easy, it's just like Keenan, uh, you know, and then, probably Culver, you know, the, the, the top guys are just so clear cut. And yeah. uh, like Ben Golan messaged me after the last one we did, when he was kind of laughing about how we were, we had no chance of like ranking the guys. We were like, we could totally left McCuller off. Like we yeah. ranked the team and we didn't like have him in there. And he's like, <laughs> what are the, you know, and uh, we were talking and basically our conclusion was that's why we're good. That's why we can be this team that we all think we can. Yeah. It's because we have these three or four guys. So, you know, Shannon, Marcus, Kyler, Mac, and McCuller. Any one of those guys can be the best player on the floor. It doesn't really matter who we're playing. I mean, literally, I, yeah. I, I don't think anyone would really disagree with that. If like any coach or big 12 player would disagree, we've got five guys who on any given night could be the best player on the floor. Yeah, and Burton's not that bad. No, um, so that's that's what's that's what's Good problem um, to have. Gonna make this a fun team to just watch the season play out because you never really know. I mean, yeah. we could go on a run. Yeah, uh, I like this question. Jay Cobb asked. Uh, Great question. Yeah, 
considering they both could be eligible this season, would you choose Zaire Moretti for this team? You know, my first thought was like Moretti, easy. Why this isn't this isn't even a question. But then I also like Zaire does a lot of good stuff too, and I would just like to watch him again play basketball. Uh, but I still think it's Moretti just off a of shooting. Like you let you like I don't think I think McClung is a better primary ball handler than Moretti was last year. But I just having that spacing on the floor with Moretti, a guy who is an above average shooter, would just be awesome right now. I did the exact same exercise. I went immediately Moretti. Yeah. And then I started thinking about it and started coming up with some contrarian arguments for Zaire that were, I thought at least really compelling. Yeah. And kind of was like, yeah, this, I think I did settle on Moretti, but um, Zaire. And and then I, then I, then I arrived at the last step of this, which was, okay, now I'm judging, uh, you know, a third year Moretti versus a freshman Zaire. Right. Maybe, maybe the, maybe the way he answered, he asked it was, Oh, since they, I both, since they both could be eligible. Oh for the, man. I didn't think about that, it this way. That he was thinking he was talking about a fourth year Zaire versus right. a fourth year Moretti. And then in that case, I'm, I'm going Zaire. Yeah. Be, but, yeah. That's true. I didn't even <laughs> think about it that way because but, what I was, what I just thought is Zaire, even as good of a shooter as Moretti is, Zaire would be your second best shooter right now. I mean, he could shoot. Yeah. And he would be, <laughs> We talk we, throwing him into the mix with McCuller and PD and Shannon, and like it would just be <laughs> unbelievable how, yeah. how fast. And uh, you know, we really to defend the rim. I yeah. mean, we made we dominated the rim against yeah. Baylor. I mean, we blocked, like you said, we blocked nine of their shots. It was, yeah. um, I think we blocked like a third of their two point shots. I mean, it's nobody does that to Baylor, nobody's done that to them, and uh, it's, I think Scott Drew said we just defend the rim and we make you shoot over length. And he's, he was talking about like every guy, he felt like every guy we had on the floor was six, seven. Yeah. And he, and he was just, it was making it difficult for him um, at times and adding another Zaire you know, to that would just make it that much more deadly. And I also think like, say if you take our, sh- our shooting numbers for the rest of the year and you, yeah. And, and let's just say they're really good. Okay. We, we like regress to the mean. Yeah. If, if this season would have been flipped and like this good half of shooting would have happened first. And then we, we shot poorly in the second half, we would 100% be answering Zaire because we, we yeah. would be sitting here going, well, I know, you know we wouldn't need the shooting. I think, I think it's possible. We have enough shooters to where right. we necessarily wouldn't need Moretti, but I still would take Moretti for what you're saying, just because yeah. he's such a knock. He's just, it's such a, he was, you know, one yeah. of the shooters I've ever seen mm-hmm. ever. Yep. That, and that's where I ended up too, because I think we, I think maybe last year we asked them to do a little too much on the ball. Um, and so now you've got McClung to do that work and he can just shoot open shots. That's just invaluable to me as much as I love Zaire. And like I said, Zaire was no slouch shooting, um, but it does make it interesting. I like the spin you put on it the fourth year Zaire would be a monster. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I, I think Moretti, if we were just reading it, how we first read it. Um, so before we get out of here, uh, what are you thinking about this coming week? And we talked a little bit before we started recording. Uh, we got TCU and maybe Iowa state as we were recording, they set the game time 3 PM for Iowa state. I don't know if that's a good sign, but they set the game time. So if we do play, we, we should play TCU, but if we get both in, what are you expecting this week? Well, two 
two yeah. uh, games. <laughs> excuse me. We need to win. Yeah. Um, and winnable games, I would think. Um, that TCU didn't play pretty didn't play good against Oklahoma. They got beat by forty, I think. But have played pretty good against Baylor. They're not. They're not bad. I mean, TCU is not bad. Yeah. Uh, they're. They've got um, Nimhard, the the guard. He can. He can shoot like he's a he's a shooter, and um, then they've got the big center. It's yeah. like a highly sought after. He's a monster. I mean, yeah. he's like two hundred sixty pounds. Maybe probably one of the best centers in the conference, like pure five guy. Yeah. Um. So that's scary. I mean, he he went to work on us last year in Fort Worth, but yeah. And I don't, I don't I don't think the Iowa State's game is going to get played. I yeah. Uh, who knows? I would be surprised. Them just setting a game time made me think it might at first, but then I thought that doesn't really mean anything. You know, you've got to have a game time no matter what. I mean, so I mean, if they miss, I don't know how many games they can miss and make and be able to make them all up. I would think yeah. it's probably towards the max of that. So maybe maybe it has to get played. Yeah, I mean, but but if if they've got contract taste, contract contact tracing and tests that are positive. I mean, what do you do? I mean, it's, you can't, yeah. I mean, you know, I don't know. It'll be, it'll be interesting, but I'm with you. I think this needs to be a two and a week. And I think if it and, is, you're, you're feeling really good. And maybe I saw, I think it was uh, Aaron, Aaron Dickens said, maybe it wouldn't be the worst thing. And um, we hadn't really mentioned, I, Mark Adams said this before the Baylor game, how big of an advantage he thought it was for Baylor to have a week of prep. And yeah, I really, just like Oklahoma State did. He called it a huge advantage, yeah. which kind of surprised me. Like, you don't really – it was not an excuse. But you, I don't think Adams is one to make a statement before the game yeah. that could come off as an excuse if he didn't really believe it right. and really think it helped. And, you yeah. know, we get back Thursday, Friday morning at 3 a.m. I think you have to have a day off. Yeah. I'm not sure. Um, so we couldn't do anything Thursday. So we have one day basically, you know, to prepare for, for Baylor. They've had a week off. Yep. Um, yeah. A week was, off before we play West Virginia would be nice. That's yeah. It'd be nice to, uh, for us to maybe have that. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, it, it's to me, it's trending that way. I will be surprised if it's played just due to what we've heard out of that program where it almost seems like if we were to believe when tests were positive, even if there were no more tests, the first day they could play would be the 23rd, which is when we're supposed to play them. And then it's, are they going to go to a game without practicing? You know, it's it just, yeah. it, I don't know. It seems like there's a lot of hurdles, but who knows? But I, I think you're right. I think one and O two and O whatever ends up being, and you're feeling good heading into the, you know, finishing out this first round of conference play. Yeah. And then you've got LSU, you know, that, after Which I'm going to go to that game. I think I'm going to uh, yeah. LSU game. That'll be good. Yeah. That will be good. Um, well, anything else before we get out of here? I don't think so. I think we covered it. Yeah. Now, that was a, that was good. Um, you know, just a good week of basketball. Like I said, 2-0 would have been great, but we all would have signed up for a split at the beginning. And, yeah, yep. that's what we got. And so, you know, we just got to figure out a way to get those shots to go down, and we'll we'll be good. So, all right, man. I appreciate it. Yep. Talk no problem. Thanks. Yep. Said I've got some time. I'm abusing. 
Change my mind if you ever switch it up. Yeah.